BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, welcome to the Let It Fly show. I am Michael Severe. My partner is out again. Josh Jones, of course, just had a little girl a couple of weeks ago, and so... Dealing with some stuff with that, but he'll be back next week for sure. We appreciate you joining us. As always, a reminder, you can go to our YouTube page. You can like, subscribe, watch everything there. You can also go to the Let It Fly show page. We have all the podcasts there as well, and you can check those out. And of course, any other place where you get a podcast, whether you're a Spotify person or Apple Music, I use something called Podcast Republic. Whatever you use, check us out, like, and subscribe. And you can even give a review, and if it's a cool review... Val King Elvis will come to your house and make you his famous salmon dish. I just made that up, but he does make a really good salmon dish. He will he'll come to your house and do it. You buy the groceries, that man will come cook. That's how it works. Um, speaking of that, as you see in front of me, because when this drops, it'll be Friday, the first Friday of Lent. Uh, so we're trying the fish and chips from the elevated sports bar, the unique sports bar in the Capital District that is the Let It Fly sports bar. So we have fish and chips. This is a beer-battered cod, coleslaw, and delicious fries. And this tartar sauce, what do you guys say again? It's fire. Fire right here. It's got like some pickles in it, a little dill flavored. Um, I, as a Catholic, because I was brought up, I don't eat meat during Lent. I give up something for Lent. I give up meat every year. So I'm going to try the fish because maybe I have to come here a lot to eat my fish. It's crunchy. Seasoned well. It's good. That's good. Now, if I had some hot sauce and ketchup, it'd be sweet. But it's very good. This is $17. You get three pieces of cod, you get the coleslaw, and you get the fries as well. And as I mentioned, if you want to, King Val, King Val Elvis will come to your house and make food for you if you want that as well. Uh, of course, always brought to you by Bud Light, our presenting sponsor. We appreciate them for contributing to the show. Here is the line that they gave me to say. Bud Light brings you easy drinking and easy buckets throughout Nebraska. So it's easy to drink and easy to enjoy. It is Bud Light. We appreciate them for doing that. Again, welcome to the Sports Bar. Lots going on. If you were here Tuesday of this week, it was Mardi Gras. Wednesday was Valentine's Day. You guys get anything good for Valentine's Day? Anybody? Nothing? Did you have a date, Val, for Valentine's Day? No? Absolutely not. Okay. Meg did. Meg did. Yeah. You're out of town, though. Did he send you something? You got flowers? Roses? Or what did you get? Roses? What color roses? Red? It has to be red. That's about love. That's cool. Um, anyway, uh, this weekend, though, lots going on. Friday, you get... Creighton Women's Basketball versus St. John's is at 6 o'clock. Come on out and check that out. And then Saturday, we got a doubleheader of basketball. Nebraska men's basketball against Penn State at 11. And then Creighton versus Butler at 11.30. And one of the cool things about Saturday, every year now over the last, I think it's four years, they release a top 16 before we get to the tournament to kind of give you an idea where teams are. 
Many of the bracketologists have, have Creighton as a four seed, so there is a chance for the first time since they've been releasing this top 16 that Creighton might be a part of it. And that's going to come out Saturday morning before the game. So you may know before the game whether or not Creighton is already a four seed in the eyes of the committee. So that's something you can check out. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to catch up with point guard for Creighton, Stephen Ashworth, who has been having a great season over the last 10 games. Start off... Wasn't great, wasn't shooting like he expected, had some turnovers, but recently playing very well. In fact, over the last nine games, he's scoring almost 14 points a game. He's shooting 37% from three, up from where he was, and he has 44 assists and just 13 turnovers over the last nine games. So, playing much better um, as well. We'll chat with Stephen Ashworth coming up in a little while. But we get to the headlines. We've got three headlines for you each show. I wish... Or as we say, where I'm from, I wish, I wish that Josh was here because I had questions for Josh to ask him about this, but he's not here. Our number one headline is, of course, Baylor Shireman getting the triple-double for the first time, points, rebound, and assists in Creighton. Did that freak you guys out when they said that on TV? Were you surprised that they did not have that before? In all the years of Creighton basketball, no one had ever had points, rebound, and assists, triple-double. Surprising. Benoit Benjamin, Louisiana native, had it for points, rebounds and block shots three different times but never had it with the assist so now there was a guy in the, in the NBA that had a quadruple double a couple times anybody want to get a guess who in the NBA had a quadruple double it involved steals so he had points blocks rebounds and steals any guess any guesses played center nope he played in two world championship matchups where he won the, w, the, the NBA championship in the early 90s when Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Huh? What? No, 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 no. That's close, though, because it's kind of the same religion. Thank you. Right there, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon did it. But, again... Baylor Shireman, congratulations to him getting the triple-double. Um, it's funny, he talks so much about it when we had him on, about getting his body in shape, you know, really lifting and getting it kind of turned around. It's made all the difference in the world. Looks better, plays better, um, having a great year. Number two headline, big stretch for Nebraska basketball coming up. Nebraska basketball has failed in the Big Ten to win at home. They have not won at home. Excuse me, on the road. They've won at home a lot. They haven't won on the road. They have two chances coming up. This is a question I would have asked Josh. Which one is more likely? They go to Indiana, a team that has struggled a lot, two and five in the last seven. They're 10 and three at home. Or they go to Ohio State, just fired their head coach, and they are two and eight in their last 10. So they've played well at home, but still, Nebraska's got to get one of these eventually. They can't go the whole season without getting a road win. And then number three, we didn't have a chance to talk about the, the Super Bowl last week because I wasn't here. Josh was here. But... Kansas City wins the Super Bowl again, so three in four years. Three MVPs for Patrick Mahomes, but all marred by the shooting that happened at the parade uh, on this taping would have been yesterday. Um, it, just, it was sad to see. You know, I mean, everybody's having a good time. Players are having a blast, and it gets interrupted by a couple of crazy people out there shooting up the area. Um, we want to give props to the Bellevue gentleman who was down there celebrating it, who actually helped tackle one of the shooters, which is incredible that he did that. You, you can watch the video. He, along with two other people, I mean, this guy's got a gun, and they just jumped him and held him down 
and held him down as he was fighting until the police came. Those are some brave citizens. Um, we're glad they were there. It could have been even worse if they weren't there, but um, props for them doing that. Um, the question I would have asked Josh if he was here transitioning would be, does he feel now that Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are at kind of equal GOAT status? Are you there enough? Has he done enough? I always believe you need to finish your career before we talk about what your legacy is. You can't talk about legacy, by definition, while it's still going on. So, as great as Patrick Mahomes has been, and all he's done early in his year, all he's done in his career, you look at what Tom Brady's done, with the seven Super Bowls, and you got to wait. You never know where he ends up. Maybe that was the last one Patrick Mahomes gets. You never know. Teams fall apart. Injuries happen. You never know. It could be his last one. But, you know, if in this era he gets to five, you have to make some comparisons because this, this is an era that's much different than what you saw with Brady. Yeah, they protect quarterbacks more now, but with the free agency and the way everybody moves and with the salary cap, it's hard to keep a team together. It really is. And you're talking about three really different Kansas City teams, right? Whether it be the running back positions, all the wide receivers, no Tyreek Hill, having Tyreek Hill, an older Travis Kelsey, the defense being okay, then being great. So what he's done is... I'm not a fan of the Chiefs, but what he's done has been pretty amazing. The funny part about it is, as much as I dislike the Chiefs, because of Taylor Swift, I kind of didn't cheer against them as much as I normally do. Because I like Taylor Swift, I like her story, and I was mad that people didn't like it. So I kind of went the other way, and I kind of, I didn't cheer for him. I actually bet the tie going to overtime. And I wish I was here on the show so I could have given that out, because I loved it. I loved all three of the tie combinations. You know, Tampa winning the first half, tie, or having Kansas City win the first half, tie, or tie, tie. So I wish I could have given that out. But still, we'll talk more about that when Josh comes back um, for sure. All right, our week's, this week's guest, as we talked about, the point guard from Creighton University, Stephen Ashworth, joins us next on Let It Fly Show. Great intro. You want to do the close? Is he here? Oh. Take a morning walk to pick up burgers and beers. You tidy the house for 10 fellow football fans. And your biggest chore? Floating the Bud Light into the fridge. It all pays off because nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football. And beer. Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Enjoy responsibly. 21 plus. Copyright 2023. Anheuser-Busch. Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. All right. Welcome back to the Let It Fly show. I am, of course, Michael Severe, Josh Jones, out this week, joined by Creighton point guard Stephen Ashworth joining us here on Let It Fly show. How you doing, man? 
Doing great, doing great. Excited to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on. We appreciate you taking the time. I'm reading through your bio, and I see you got brothers or triplets, another brother, they're you. What, what was the house like? And I know you were little, but yeah. when the triplets come home, that, that's got to be just crazy, because you go from two, two kids in the house yeah. to all of a sudden five kids in the house. Yeah, absolutely. My parents, they talked a lot about just that experience for them, and me being three years old, I don't remember it too well. Right, right. But they talk a lot about going from man-to-man defense to zone. <laughs> Quickly, in a matter, yeah. In a matter of, a, of a, you know, from two to three yeah. uh, pretty quick. And so they were, uh, throughout that time, they are also planning, thinking, okay, maybe we'll have one more kid, two more kids, uh, maybe a family of three kids, four kids. But right. all of a sudden you have five. Yeah. Just like that. And so. They're like, that's it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're done, but. <laughs> It was super fun yeah. uh, growing up with four brothers and having an older brother that you know what older brothers can be like of sure. motivating yeah. and, and pushing. And then also having three younger ones that are uh, always ready to have fun or fight, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> type how of thing. competitive was the house? I mean, we always joke about how you're always going to have a sibling you're always going against, but you got four other ones <laughs> to yeah. deal with. How was that? It was, it was good. I, I mean, there was a healthy bit of competition, but also... Our family is a very loving family, caring family, and supportive family. And yeah. So uh, I think that as we grew up, it actually became interesting to where kind of everybody started doing their own thing as opposed to a lot of times I feel like families stick to kind of one sport. You mm-hmm. see the Mannings in football. You see sure. the Ball Brothers in basketball, other other families like that. But my older brother, really heavy into mountain biking. And my younger brothers, golf, soccer, and then snowmobiling, wakeboarding, outdoor sports. So it's right. you know a really good balance, which makes it fun that every single season we've got something going on and somebody doing something different. Anybody else doing it at the college level? Uh, no, I, I had my two younger brothers. They had opportunities to play soccer at the college level and then mm-hmm. uh, golf at the college level. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to stay closer to home, and so they still have those passions, but just not playing collegiately. Do you all ride mountain bike together ever? Because uh, that quite phase is the scariest thing i watch the videos on instagram people running into trees and stuff i'm like i don't know how people do that it's crazy no it is and especially with uh where my basketball career is at right now (laughs) i I stay away from those types of things but we have fun as a family doing outdoor stuff whether it's uh mountain biking or motorcycling uh just like to be well-rounded and have a lot Mm -hmm. of different hobbies and so Mm -hmm. it's fun steven ashworth joining us here on let it fly show how have you and your wife adapted to the the midwest I think we've adapted very smoothly. I think that uh, the Midwest has been very welcoming, just how we thought. There's that Midwest love, that Midwest uh, uh, camaraderie amongst the community, and being a Blue Jay as well has has helped, I think, accelerate that process. Just because when we go out throughout town, or uh, she owns a flower shop, and she had probably 20 orders for Valentine's Day, uh, just from community members and even teammates that uh, wanted to support her and in her dreams and passions. And so the community has been awesome. We love Omaha mm-hmm. and uh, it's only a two hour flight for our family. So it's been really easy. What's the name of the flower shop? Uh, Forget me not floral. Really? Yep. So how did that happen so quickly? Uh, I mean, she, uh, she had a passion for flowers yeah. when, uh, when we were in Logan and uh, financially we needed her to have a second job. And so, you know, let's get something going. So she yeah. started doing flowers, but she was also working in the hospital uh in utah and then when we came here uh there's different opportunities and so she said you know i want to kind of chase the flower 
passion and right and so she got on it and uh wow so she's been doing great and it's been fun to watch her with her creativity and just her passion for it and she's very very mm-hmm. talented she's entrepreneur yeah she is she's the entrepreneur of the family so that is awesome yep i just try to sit back and play <laughs> basketball do yeah. school and she entrepreneurs yeah we are midwest nice nebraska nice yes but there was um some criticism early in the season because people expected you to be shooting at, I guess, 50% or I don't know, and you weren't. Um, obviously, it's come around, but how did you handle some of the, the doubt, maybe? You know, I think for me, it's always been a thing that pressure's a privilege. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember somebody asking me that it's like, do you feel more pressure because everybody expects every shot to go in? And personally, I think there'd be more pressure if people – thought you weren't going to make it when you shot it, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, right? So with uh, just with that confidence from, from mm. people and confidence in my teammates, my coaches, myself, uh, there was that, that doubt from maybe the outside. But at the same time, Coach Max always been done a great job of reminding everybody that the only voices that matter are the ones that are inside the circle when we huddle every single day. And, mm-hmm. and those voices are the ones that are going to give you the confidence that you need and also – uh, the constructive feedback you need at times when you need to improve certain things. And yeah. so during those stretches early on, it was a lot of getting used to the familiarity with teammates, with schemes, with different things. And I think that now um, I'm starting to play Stephen Ash with basketball, and uh, it feels really good. I've always believed, especially when it comes to some, like shooting, uh, you ever heard of the P's? I don't know if I have. Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance. I like if it. you practice enough at that, you're going to get better. You were already a good shooter, so you knew it would come back, right? You knew that yeah. you would get to the point where you were shooting before. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, with anything with reps, right, it's going to give you that confidence. It's going to give you that, like you said, the preparation and mm-hmm. all of that. And I knew that I'd spent more hours than almost anybody I'd ever met right. shooting the basketball. And I have teammates that have spent those hours with me and have seen me make countless shots in a row and hard, difficult shots. So yeah. when, it, when it matters most, I know that uh, they have confidence in me and I have confidence in myself. And then with all of that preparation, the great thing about a team sport is that it goes two ways, that I have that confidence in them when, when right. it comes down to it as well. So, yeah. Stephen Ashworth joining us here on the Let It Fly show. If there was a concern, I thought, you know, how would your defense be against the Big East players? Because they have a lot of big guys, there's physical guys. And I think, obviously, you've proven, especially when you're going against some of the better guards in the league, that you're good defensively. Can you work, talk about working on that? Because everybody loves to go out and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but working the defense, your footwork and all of that, that's not the fun part all the time. Absolutely. And I think that uh, defense is sometimes an afterthought, especially in the recruiting scheme. Yeah. You don't really hear about how much you're going to have to play defense. And I think that Mac made a joke <laughs> about that. The other day that, you know, I told Steven he was going to get a lot of open shots. I didn't tell him he'd have to guard, but uh, <laughs> that obviously comes. And so uh, coming into the Big East and understanding just the assignments every single night that you're playing a top-tier guard, and that's why I wanted to come to the Big East because I have aspirations to play uh, in the NBA, and if you want that, you got to be able to prove at the college level that you can play both sides of the ball. And yeah. obviously in the portal, my offensive uh, prowess was what – kind of highlighted my game but at the same end I think that I have a defensive tenacity and just a toughness that allows me to be a better defender than people might think and there's a lot of mental preparation that goes into my defensive side as well whether Mm -hmm. it's watching film and understanding the scheme or understanding the tendencies of the guys that I'm guarding and I give a lot of credit to 
Mitch, Mitch Balak actually. Yeah. He, uh, Balak. Yeah, Balak. <laughs> he's a, a, a sharpshooter himself. Yeah. But at the same time, him and I, funny enough, locked in on the defensive side, and he's been a huge help to me of giving me that confidence on the defensive side of things. Mm-hmm. And then I think you just see the strides that are coming, and uh, there's still room to grow. And that's mm-hmm. the fun part about basketball is that you're never done improving and yeah. growing. Did you, you remember the first time you had the dream of playing in NBA? Like how old were you? When did you start thinking about it? Was there a player that you went like, I want to be like that guy? Uh, yeah, definitely uh, Jimmer Fredette. Really? Yeah. He was. Uh, he came here, by the way, for a game against Creighton, and Creighton destroyed. He had his worst game, I think, of his whole college career. Well, it's funny because I got here, and one of our ball screen coverages is called Jimmer. And I want to say it's because Max <laughs> put it in <laughs> when they were playing them. And yeah. It's like it's a, it's a trap the ball screen type of type of coverage. And so um, I grew up watching him going to going to his games and right. obviously understanding that he was going to be a lottery pick. And I thought, you know, he shoots the ball so well. He's he's crafty. Yeah. He makes the right play. Uh, he's probably only an inch taller than me. So if he can do it, mm-hmm. I think I can do it. And that's kind of what gave me the motivation. And then. Uh, obviously got the opportunity to play collegiately at, at Utah State and then now here at the, the biggest level and the best conference in the country, mm-hmm. you know, in the Big East. So uh, making making strides towards that goal, but still room to grow and, and opportunities ahead. It's funny you mentioned him because the next question I was going to ask you is a little bit about his weakness because he was a little loose with the ball at times, had some turnovers. Mm-hmm. The last nine games, you've been great assist turnover ratio. Um, can you kind of talk about what the what's changed or how you kind of – turn that around a little bit it wasn't bad before but it's really good now yeah i mean it wasn't great either you know we can be yeah. honest <laughs> and uh it was 2.7 yeah to one yeah but yeah. now it's over three yeah exactly and, <clears throat> and as a point guard typically you want it over two to one and then uh if you want to be a, an elite point guard you're getting three to one three and a half yeah. all of those and so that's where i'm at right now and uh i think a lot of it comes down to understanding where our spacing points are going to be mm. in the game i think that early on i was still trying to figure out where where guys were going to help off of and where guys weren't going to help off of. And it's obvious that we have shooters all around. And mm-hmm. so I think that whether it's the different angles of ball screens or the different guys on different sides of the floor that make my pick-and-roll game better or their pick-and-roll game better, and then let's say that Trey's in the pick-and-roll and I'm on the wing, understanding if it's Baylor or Mason in that corner, yeah. that if their guy comes to help off me, I've got a quick one more that's going to be an assist 50% of the time. And yeah. so just understanding those little nuances of the game, I think have improved uh, my facilitation. And then uh, with all of that, there's going to be less turnovers, I think, as well, when you're understanding the game just yeah. a little bit more mentally. Do you have, because you guys are so good at having a different leading score a lot, Yeah. in the pregame, you guys are shooting around, getting your warm-up on, do you go, oh, he looks like he's going to be hot tonight, or I'm going to be good? Do you ever see that in the pregame? Yeah, I think that there's a lot that goes into the mental side of just the confidence that guys have before the game and, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of feeling it out. And then also there's different opportunities where there are certain matchups that we know if we need a bucket we can kind of go at, or right. there are certain coverages that the other team's going to have. And so I think Baylor does a really good job of that of, as well, of being another coach on the floor. I mean, last night – was it two nights ago? We yep. had we had a play called for me actually, and he's like, "Hey, let's run this for Trey." He just hit three in a row, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we put Trey in the action. Mm. He comes off the screen. Baylor passes him four three in a row, and it's just like those things that you're kind of reading it as the game goes on. And the other thing about our different leading score every night is that you know all of us just want to win, and that's sure. unique with some of the 
the teams in this day and age. And so to be able to have that awareness, I think, is is super cool from all you know, all five guys on the court at one time. We were talking about it in here earlier. How surprised were you that Creighton's never had a triple-double with points, rebounds, and assists before then? Yeah, before Baylor. I was shocked. <laughs> I, like, when I heard it on the intercom, I right. thought it was the first triple-double ever, which I was like... Even, no way. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like, yeah. I've, uh, I've never heard of that, I think, being the first. But right. at the same time, then I found out that the other triple-double was with blocks, and I think I was just as equally surprised. <laughs> Benoit Benjamin had like 600 blocks at Creighton. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was super cool. I, I had a feeling that something was happening because yeah. I think at assist number nine, Baylor got a really big smile on his yeah, face. Yeah, he did. And I was yeah. like, yep. he might be close to something. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. Great for him. I think it's just another opportunity to put a one-of-one one next to his name because that's the type of guy he is. Just yeah. One of one, super special player. Stephen Ashworth joining us here on the Let It Fly show. It's not flopping. There is an ability to be able to get a foul called at times by doing things. Yeah. Do you work on that? Is it because you are very good at getting a call? Because sometimes on the replay, you're like he didn't really even get touched. But <laughs> can you? How do you? How do you work on that? Or is it just instinct? How do you do it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it goes along with just kind of who I had, who I've had to be as a player. Mm-hmm. I've had to be crafty. I've had to be smart. And uh, I don't quite have the uh, length or athleticism that other guys might. And so, especially on the defensive end, that means I just have to be that more locked in Mm -hmm. because any subtle mistake on my part is just going to be magnified. So when you're seeing those types of plays, if I know that I'm behind and I see that the big man extends his screen, it makes sense for me to fall down because of the fact that it's an illegal move. Right. But then at the same time, if I don't, I'm that much further behind my defender, giving him that much more of an advantage. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also am an individual who really likes fairness. And so when it comes to officiating, I understand that if they're calling something against us, then they're also most sure. likely going to call it against the other team if we do it. So right. thinking kind of the game within the game type of a thing is something that I think I've done since high school and – it kind of carries over, and yeah. I think against Xavier, I had three charges, or um, and, it, and those small things can kind of swing the momentum because then mm-hmm. the big man is worried about a screen rather than even being a, a scorer in the pick-and-roll type of thing. Right, no doubt. I meant to look this up before, and I forgot, but last time you played Butler, 99-98. That's yeah. the highest-scoring game you've ever been a part of in college? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. It was definitely the highest level shot making I had ever seen in the college game. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't bad defense as much as it was great shooting, right? That's what it felt like when watching it. That's what it felt like in the game. And then when you go back and watch the numbers and just the way that we grade good shots, bad shots, yeah. tough shots, just a good bucket. Like you go through all of those metrics and it really showed that, yeah, there are some breakdowns. There were some opportunities where both teams – missed an assignment but at the same time you still got to hit the shot and guys did time and time again and so it was uh it was something to to behold and hopefully when we go to uh hinkle it's not the same story yeah let's let's talk a little bit about that what have you from watching that playing them already getting ready for this what have you what have you learned yeah i think that a, a big part of it was just making sure that we're solid on every single coverage that we're in whether it's uh different ball screens or uh offensively really reading the different ball screen coverage that they're going to be in mm-hmm. because there's some opportunities that, uh, that I think that Kalk and, and different guys can really take advantage of if, if we're on, on point with that. 
But at the same time, it's going to be a lot of can we force them to miss shots? Right. Can we keep them out of the paint? Can we limit second chances? A lot of the same things that every game consists of is going to be at the forefront again on Saturday, but uh, just doing it a little bit better than we did when they came to our place. I know Mac would never allow you, and you'd never do it, but look ahead, right? Because you got this game coming up on Saturday. But Absolutely. then you play UConn, number one team in the country, number one team in the Big East, that kind of thing. Do you think about that that kind of matchup? Because you know it's going to be on TV. It's going to be a big deal. Tuesday night, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think about that at all? Or do you just stop yourself because you know you got Saturday? You know, it's a little bit of both. I think that uh, obviously uh, we're eventually going to play that game. And yeah. so it's important, right? But the, the most important game is, is your next game. And uh, that's how we had to prepare going into Georgetown. And now that's how we have to prepare going into Butler. But at the same time, it's always fun to be able to play games that uh, that everybody cares about, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that not looking too far ahead, uh, UConn has a tough one against Marquette, right, that they've got to prepare yeah. for on Saturday before they come and, and play us Tuesday. And so uh, the, I think the thing that I look forward to the most is that every game uh, down the stretch here is a big game in the Big East. And mm-hmm. it's big for, for seeding. It's big for tournament implications. It's big yeah. for, for goals of just – uh, finishing out the season uh, the best way that you want to because we obviously know that when it comes Big East tournament time and NCAA tournament time, the teams that often win it are the teams that are playing their best basketball, sure. not always the teams that were most talented. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're in a really good spot. We've uh, we've figured out some really good things offensively and defensively and uh, I think recommitted in some areas as well. And so mm-hmm. looking forward to uh, these last five, six games that we've got. You may not be old enough for this, and you grew up obviously on the other side of the country, but is it weird to see Georgetown not good? For people my age, it's even my wife the other night, she's like, are they this bad? I go, they've been this bad for a while. Is that, because they, they were decent when you were a kid, yeah. right? Because they had a two seed, I remember. They had some runs in the tournament. Is it a little weird to see them not be good? It is different having just different brands being so uh, big in college basketball. And yeah. I think that it's, uh, it's the parody with the transfer portal with uh, guys being older, mm-hmm. uh, having the fifth year, having guys. I think NIL has changed the dynamic of college basketball from a large scheme. With, exclude the transfer portal. Just guys being more mature in a college basketball game. You see better plays being made, less mistakes. Yeah. And you used to talk about it three or four years ago. The biggest key to tournament success was did you have seniors sure. on your roster going right. into the tournament? And uh, you saw that's why a lot of schools struggled at times with some of the elite caliber players they had. They were just younger. And now you have a lot of teams from high major to mid major to low major that have experienced guys. And yeah, so FAU last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And once again this year. And so I think it's uh, definitely different seeing so many different brands have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, high quality resumes or some of those big name brands having low quality resumes. But yeah. at the same time, Coach Cooley's. Uh, a coach that has he's gonna get it done you know exactly he's got a lot of experience he's got a lot of uh, willpower and he'll uh, he'll get the right guys into Georgetown and that's a place that you can recruit too because it's got such a big brand and right uh, it's Washington DC yeah it's cool it's cool to live there yeah Yeah, no doubt funny enough my uh, my first tournament experience was in Indianapolis in the bubble and we shared a court with Georgetown oh okay when we had to practice. Uh, oh, that was the year they got the upset in the, they won the Big East yeah, tournament. They okay. won the Big East tournament. Yeah, yeah. I want to say they beat us. They did. The Badly, yeah. yeah. It was bad. Which was, yeah. It was they, very weird because they weren't a very good team that year. They just got in a run, like yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Exactly. Got hot at the right time. Yeah. What was your favorite pro team growing up, regardless of sports? Uh, my favorite pro team growing up, 
got to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Really? Yeah. Okay. That makes so sense, yeah. My dad and mom actually both were born in Las Vegas and then moved up uh, to Utah to go to school and then lived in Utah ever since. And my dad growing up would go to Lakers and Dodgers games. Mm-hmm. And so those were kind of the L.A. ties. And a lot of my fan, friends were Jazz fans. And the Lakers and Jazz would meet up in <laughs> yeah. the, uh, whether it was the Western Conference Finals or just the, you know, the first round in the Western Conference. And so I always loved cheering on Kobe and Derek mm-hmm. Fisher, uh, Andrew Bynum, Pau Gasol. Those were my guys. And uh, it was fun to watch them win a few championships. What is it about Kobe? Because it, even people who still play now, they talk about Kobe about as a player. And this is before he passed away, too. They just, something about his mindset, other players like or follow what what is it about for him for you I think for me it's just his tenacity to never give up and that it didn't matter what anybody else thought what anybody else said all that matters was what he was willing to do and he believed that he was willing to do anything and everything more than what the guy across from him was going to do and that's what gave him that confidence Mm. to kind of be that killer that he was and I think that that's kind of the identity that I've tried to adopt is I've got to be willing to outwork you. And once I'm not willing to outwork you, then it's probably time for me to hang it up. Right. Because that means that I'm not giving my full to that. And that's where I think that he was as well, is that he always gave his full commitment to something and you saw the success that he had from it. Yeah. And so when, uh, when us younger guys are able to kind of see that same mentality and see the success from it, I think it's easy to relate to a guy like Kobe. Yeah. There's even that there's a, video where he talks about getting up at 4 a.m. and doing his first workout and then he goes he eats he's on no workout at noon and then he's eating he's like by that point i'm ahead of you by two workouts and he's yeah. like got in his mind i was like yeah get some rest no um, yeah, he's doing some <laughs> mental math that yeah, i'm exactly. like trying to juggle through and i've done a lot of workouts yeah. i don't know if that's a real story or not but it's a great motivator <laughs> yeah no doubt about that last thing you majored in business yes and minoring in entrepreneurism or yeah. that um funny that your wife's an entrepreneur um yeah. do you have any ideas like on a little book of things like businesses you want to start eventually when you're done with basketball or anything like that yeah definitely. you don't have to give them up because i don't want anybody to take them but do you, yeah, you do that you know if we want to sign a non-disclosure we can uh, discuss <laughs> DA right here, yeah. yeah but uh yeah there's definitely a lot of things that i want to do when it comes to business uh i studied marketing as well at utah state had a few marketing classes and, mm-hmm. and really just love and kind of feel like I understand that business and have actually been able to use that with my NIL opportunities here in Omaha as well as in, in Logan before. And so I think there's some businesses when it comes to that of just helping athletes uh, at different universities uh, improve their name, image, and likeness value through yeah. social media marketing. And then uh, I also really love hosting basketball camps. And so I think there's a, a market in that for uh, – for high school coaches to uh, better improve their high school basketball camps. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, with all of that, you can quickly and easily become a data company with uh, all the information you have about parents and mm. their emails. And so I think there's just a lot in uh, the You've world thought of about this. that, yeah, that you can go into. <laughs> and then yeah. when it comes to business, I also think it's important to have a passion behind it. And I think sports is my passion and basketball. Uh-huh. And so to be able to find something uh, in the near future that kind of, connects the two I think would be super fun and hoping to start someday soon one more question out of all the young kids on the team who's the one that you've had to be like so you're the older guy big brother whatever surrogate father and why is it Mason Miller (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Mason, my guy. I love Mason. He's a uh, he's a big time homie, and and he just he's just a grinder. He yeah. he's always there after practice. He doesn't uh, need too much of a pep talk because he he'll be there working. And so yeah, I love Mace. I love all the guys. Great team to be a part of. Super good locker room. Yeah, and, uh, and you blended right in. You assimilated like that. Yeah, it's yeah. been good. And yeah. and I think that uh, you know just a life lesson of whenever uh, whenever you care about people, it's going to be easier to connect with people. And and that's what's great about sports is that mm-hmm. I feel like it's so easy to get on the same page and you're com- you're working for a common goal. And so. You can get really close with each other pretty pretty quick. So, good luck going forward the rest of the season. Thank you, Stephen Ashworth. We appreciate him. All right, we appreciate Stephen Ashworth for joining us here on the Let It Fly show. I don't know who next week is, but I'm pretty sure Josh Jones will be back. We'll get into a bunch of stuff, including Nebraska and Creighton basketball going down the stretch. We'll check that out as well. Again, it looks like right now, according to bracketologists. Creighton has a four seed somewhere in there, and Nebraska, an 11 seed, maybe could work their way if they can get some road wins to a 10 seed, so we'll check that out as well. Mentioned, special thanks to our sponsor, Bud Light, for all they do for us. Again, reminder, if you're going out, coming to the sports bar, you're hanging out at home, you're in the basement, you're in the garage, wherever it is, Bud Light brings you easy drinking and easy buckets throughout Nebraska. Easy to drink and easy to enjoy. Also want to thank our executive producer, Phil McLean, for setting up the guests, technical director Val Elvis and Mac. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig inspiring kid confidence as well who's running the board tonight and our social media maven all the pictures you see and everything meg as well we appreciate her for doing all that work as josh would say it's let it fly show you know how we do it